All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 251. Ime Udoka is out as Boston Celtics head coach. What does that mean for the C's moving forward? Dennis Schroeder is back again for the Los Angeles Lakers. They now have 11 starting point guards. We love the Bogdanovich trade to Detroit Pistons. And should the Los Angeles Clippers sign Boogie Cousins? It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 251. I am physically exhausted. I haven't sat down all day. I immediately walked home, showered, sat down, and now we're podcasting. Um, I have no shades on today. My eye has gotten better, if anybody cares. Also, I saw JJ Redick is wearing shades during his podcast, and I don't want him to think that I'm biting him. By wearing shades as well, even though I think I might have done it first, JJ. Maybe he's jocking our style. I think you did do it first. I think I did it first. And I, you know what? I might go back to it during this pod. Uh, we have a few topics to talk about, but we wanted to hop in on here and definitely talk about what's going on in Boston. It's a pretty serious situation. Came out of left field, honestly. Just one night, there were rumors about uh, something going on with Ime Udoka. And the next day, he's suspended for a year. And, you know, as much as I want to, like, dive deep into this situation, I don't think we have enough facts, Drew, to to speak on it. But there are a couple things. And I talked to my boy, Eton Thomas, this morning um, because, you know, he's big about media trying to leak information, trying to be the first person to leak it when they don't have their facts. Yeah. Journalistic integrity, something we've talked about on this podcast. A lot. We've talked about it a lot. And guys like you, me, and a lot of people that listen to our show, we listen to what Woj and Shams have to say, because not only are they the first ones to drop knowledge, but most of the time they're correct with it. And you had just informed me before the show started that Shams had gone back and deleted a tweet that he made. Um, Anyways, so what's going on is... Ime Udoka had a consensual sexual relationship with a female, I'm quoting, air quotes, staff member um, of the Boston Celtics. And it was known about in July. And now it came out that he had been making unwanted, what was it, Drew? What's the word? Unwanted comments comments towards said woman, who we don't know who this is. Um, And now he's suspended for a year. After Boston definitely did their due diligence. I watched Brad Stevens um press conference today doesn't give us much but i have a couple questions drew because there's some there's some fishy things either this is way uglier than no. is expected right no or it's just too early to make to make uh our calls on what this is i i will say this i a couple things bother me one drew is why was this okay and known about in july if people within the organization knew about this consensual relationship, why was it okay then, but not okay now? Mm -hmm. Right. That's one question I want answered. Yeah. The other thing is, is if we're going to drag Ime through the mud and get him fired, get all this stuff. Yes. Cheating on your wife is a horrible thing. It is. It's bad. A lot of guys do it. A lot of women do it. Uh, 
why don't we know who the the woman is? I think it's fair that yeah. the woman should be named and called out because yes, the Ime is cheating on his family and wife. This woman said woman also knows that he's married and she's doing just as a bad, bad of a thing. Right. Yeah. So I just want to know why, why do you think in July it's fine and we're not going to do anything about this, but now it's not. What's your take on this so far? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a mostly conjecture trying to read the tea leaves here. Mm-hmm. The only thing that comes to mind is at one point, they had something consensual going on and most likely the woman in question was not having it anymore was was trying to end it potentially or or sorry to interrupt yeah or the other thing that came to my mind is maybe it was one of those classic uh well you better leave your wife for me or there's <laughs> going to be some issue this happens a lot drew i'm just it saying does. could be and, that and mind you nia long is the wife and nia long yeah. That's the headline. Been a longtime favorite of mine. So yeah. continue, Drew. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. A longtime favorite of all of ours. Yes. I mean, dude, going back to Fresh Prince mm. uh, Friday. I mean, the, mm. the list is is long. Mm. Pardon the pun, but uh, you know, I it whatever the case may be, clearly one of the two individuals, and the reason I'm assuming it's the woman, is because of that that little sen- uh, sentence there in Sham's tweet, stating that she was getting comments towards her that she was not comfortable with any longer from him. And in, in that sense, to me, that what it means is he was still trying to, you know, keep this going in some sense. And she was trying to stop. I could be way wrong. This is just my opinion. I have no inside information. I'm not reporting anything, but that's kind of the way I see it. Now you, you do pose a good question. Like why was, why wasn't this hashed out when they found out about it in July? And like, what's the difference? And that's that's another reason why I think there's a difference here is that if if it was consensual, people knew about it and they were fine with it. Something changed and someone and, and at least the perspective is she was no longer comfortable with the comments that he was making in a sexual or illicit manner. Right. Which means that she was probably not, uh, you know, not looking forward to continuing the relationship. That's all I'm going off of. Uh, and and in that sense, uh, it does make sense for there to be some repercussions. Uh, something that is interesting and ties to this is somebody that we brought up relatively recently with the Donovan Mitchell trade is Gerson Rojas. Rosas had a similar kind of uh, instance from from everything that I could gather in Minnesota, where he had a consensual relationship with one of the workers that was in the in the front office, I believe, uh, and he was let go. Uh, and I don't know if there was anything like this being reported as far as like unwanted advances, uh, the, the relationship had kind of fizzled out and he was still going after her in some capacity. Uh, but he was relieved of his position as the president of the Minnesota Timberwolves for having an affair uh, and what was to believed or uh, was reported as a consensual affair. So I don't know where the line is here. <laughs> and, I, and I think clearly each organization has to like kind of figure that out, decide that for themselves. Cause it, it does it, in, in one sense, it feels completely um, innocuous. Like it, it, if it's a consensual relationship, I don't know what kind of grounds the Celtics or Minnesota Timberwolves for that example, like for that matter, have to discipline the person involved. Well, you have you're you're disciplined if there look if there's a rule that you're not allowed to sleep with coworkers or right. members of your staff. Yes, there is a rule. 
Now, if that rule was broken, if that line had been crossed in July, it should have been nipped in the bud in July. Agreed. That's what I'm saying. I agree now, with that. Yeah. And there are, prob- there are probably plenty of, of law of rules with every organization, even in corporate America. You're not allowed to sleep. A lot of places, you're not allowed to sleep with your coworkers, right? Or if you do, you, you have to let- make it known. Yes. You have to make it known with HR that, that it's happening. Yes. Um, th- again, there's a lot of things that we just don't know. Okay. We yeah. don't. I also feel this way, man. Like this was the Boston Celtics were, this was like a Cinderella story last year, brand new coach. They were horrible in the, in the beginning of the year. We, we, we talked at that about that at length uh, towards the end of the season. They finally got it together. They figured it out. They make it to the finals. Emei looks like a, a, a King, right? Probably hasn't had to buy a beer in Boston for the past, you know, six, seven, eight months. Um, had a, something really good uh, for the future of Boston. I do think that this was a situation that not only this situation, but many other situations in the NBA could have been swept under the rug. This mm-hmm. could have been very easy, you know, um, and they could have disciplined him. I'm sure there's a lot of times when players are out for two weeks. It might be disciplinary issues. Sure. Yeah, They definitely. just don't want everybody to know about them. You could have said, you know, we're suspending Ime for for three months because of con- uh, you know conduct detrimental to the team, right? right. Leave yes. it at that. Yeah. <clears throat> but Boston wanted to come out and say exactly what's going on. This is what's happening. Consensual sexual relationship. What does that have to do with basketball? Also, like you kind of just mentioned. Yeah. And if we're going to suspend every male athlete that's <laughs> cheating on their wife, Tristan Thompson's career would have been three weeks. <laughs> He would have been a professional basketball player for three weeks if that, that's what we're doing. And also, if we're going to be doing – you're telling me that none of these NBA basketball players, none of these hoopers aren't sleeping with any of the cheerleaders? Isn't that part of staff, mm-hmm. right? So that's what break makes me to think – makes me think, especially after what Matt Barnes came out and said. Matt Barnes made a, a tweet last night taking uh, Udoka's side, and then for whatever reason, he has more sources than we do. He deleted the, deleted the post. And they came out on IG live and said, look, I didn't have all the facts. It's uglier than we think. And, and it, it might be drew. It yeah. definitely might be. Could so be. like you said, it's just conjecture right now. We both don't know, but I think, you know, it's 2022. We're not, they're not playing games anymore. It's also, right. and we're going to get into Sarver here in a minute. Sarver was making these racist comments 18 years ago. It should have been nipped in the bud 18 years ago mm-hmm. and not now. Yeah. So I think it's horrible for the Boston Celtics because their trajectory was going nothing but northbound. Yeah. Uh, and now with the news of Robert Williams, uh, you know, he's going to be out eight to 12 weeks. That, that damn knee, man, that, that's going to oh be, my an God. Issue. I know it's, it's really going to be, an issue. it's very problematic. Yeah. I, and, so I think, you know, interestingly uh, enough, I think on the relationship side of things here, I think, I don't think we have enough of the information to make like a, a legitimate accusation or anything like because we don't even know how like there's a there's a chance that Ime Yudoka and his wife Nia Long were separated or they were mm-hmm. going through some trial separation or maybe they're you know maybe they were on their way to getting to well, we don't know any of that stuff right that's all personal so I don't actually want to know any of that to be quite honest with everybody that's his stuff it's his business it's, it's okay for me not to know it's okay for all of us not to know that he cheated on his wife um it doesn't make it any better but to your point, it has nothing to do with basketball until he the affair is with somebody that's within the organization. And I do think that's where disciplinary action is probably required. That's why that shit's in there. 
Um, and it's why it's in the rule book. Um, but from a basketball perspective, this does mean a lot. Mm, a lot. Uh, you had Ime, who was making a very strong push for coach of the year, turned the team around, as you just alluded to. Everything's looking up. But um, I will say it makes, it makes my take uh, on the last one, one of my spicy takes, the Celtics not uh, capitalizing on what they did last year, a lot more realistic. Because this guy was uh, so tremendous in shaping the character of the team last year. Um, and being and coming at them from a from a former player and from a very well uh, uh, regarded assistant coach throughout his years on the bench in San Antonio and 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 I believe Milwaukee and also the Brooklyn Nets right before that, uh, and now they're turning this the, the reins over to his assistant uh, Muzala, who's 34 years old, who's younger than Al Horford, nice. who's on the team, oh, boy. Uh, which is pretty crazy. But I just don't like basketball wise. This is about as bad of of, uh, of an instance that it could be. And I don't want this to like overshadow uh, poor treatment of women in the workplace. It's just another terrible tale of something like that. It could be. We don't again. I don't know. But it sounds like it's another terrible tale of a, a man potentially, you know, taking advantage of a woman when he's in a higher position. I don't we don't know. But it sounds like it could be that. Um, and I don't want to diminish that part of it if that is, in fact, what it is. But uh, we are a basketball podcast, so I, this is very tough. You lose Danilo Gallinari, Robert Williams needs surgery, and your Again. head coach is out for the entire season. Uh, this, is, this is about a, about of a offseason as any organization could possibly have. Yeah, it, it definitely does. The one thing, we, like you said, we can speak on the basketball side of things. Um, it's just not, it's not good. It's not a good look for Boston. Uh, you're gonna have to come up with a, you know, believe in a whole nother coach, believe in a whole nother system. Uh, I'm sure he's gonna implement some of the old stuff, but he's gonna try to have his own take on things. Right. And well, I, I guess like how much communication will be like you can't stop Ime Udoka from texting or FaceTiming with this guy. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think this is the most interesting part of this whole thing is like, why is he not fired? Why is why is one year suspension adequate, mm -hmm. but a firing is not? Because that's a that's a really that's a huge punt one one entire season. I don't know if a coach has ever been suspended for an entire season and not been fired. Like, why wouldn't they just fire him? I think the answer to that question is they know he's a hell of a fucking head coach. They know mm -hmm. he's a good head coach and they don't want to fire him because he did. He did a great job last year. So they go, OK, we don't want to fire this guy. But we need to, like, lay the hammer down, which is like this is why I think it's such an interesting story is like three months could have been. I'd like how 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 would the public know that three months was uh, uh, a heavy handed or a light handed punishment in this scenario? Because not all the facts are out there. Why did they choose? Why didn't they choose six months? Like mm -hmm. a, a whole season is a very, very interesting decision and determination for this punishment that will set the Celtics back for an entire year. There's no there's no if ends or buts. I don't care if this guy's the next. Uh, Sean McVay to, to cross reference with the NFL. Sean McVay was a very young head coach in the NFL. I don't care if Masala is like the he's a savant though. He's a goddamn savant. Well, that's what I mean. I, he, <laughs> this guy's thirty four and he's like the number two guy in Boston. Maybe right. I mean they Utah stole the number two guy in Boston out from underneath Hudoka, mm -hmm. who would have been the, the the interim head coach for this year one hundred percent. His name is escaping me right now. Hardy, Hardy. Yeah, I think that that might be it right there. Mm -hmm. So it would have been him. Uh, but he's gone now. He's in Utah. And 
this guy is probably was number two, right? On the list. Number three, number two, number three, like that. number three. Yeah. Number three, uh, number two to Hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe he's going to stick to the, you know, stick to the task and maybe the players will respect him. He's not a name that he, I don't think either of us recognize him as a player. He, I'm sure he played in some capacity, but I don't, I don't have any knowledge of him as in, professional sports which you know we have some blind spots but we don't have a lot uh so we know that he wasn't some sort of star at the very least Mm -hmm. um so i don't know how the players will uh interact with him what i do know is that when boston started to turn shit around it was because ime yudoka was was getting into them a little bit like you know being held them accountable coach yes yes being a coach Mm -hmm. and 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 speaking to them with some hard facts, which a lot of NBA coaches skirt around because they know the players are, they have their feelings and they have all the money. So mm-hmm. you don't want to, you know, you don't want to cross the players because you're the, you'll be the first one out. So who knows what it's going to happen, but clearly the Celtics are off to uh, oh. like a, just an absolute terrible, terrible beginning to this upcoming season. And I feel bad for them. I feel bad for Ime Udoka. I mean, like here's here's I guess if if you want to, if I I can say one last thing on this, maybe we can move on to another topic. But I feel bad for Ime Udoka because it's one thing to cheat on your wife and get caught. It's another thing to cheat on your wife, get caught nationally, or globally, <laughs> around the world. People find this information out. Then you get suspended for a year. Then you have to come out and admit it. And it's to the whole world, man. I so I. As bad of a decision as as he made or whatever, I, I I actually don't even know if I should judge it as good or bad yet because we don't know all the facts. But the decision that he made has led to this. Mm. I feel bad for the guy uh, because you know in, in our normal lives, clips this doesn't make any headlines. It's just something no. we got to deal with. So I do feel bad for him in that capacity, man. Okay, that's I guess that's fair. I feel worse for Nia Long mm-hmm. and the family. All right, because we don't know. It. We don't know if they were on a. Has Look, she come it, out and said anything? Has she? Has there been any statements from her? Because I don't know if they were on the rocks or like if they were even living together. I mean, I'll like Tom you. Brady and Giselle are on the rocks. Like you know, they, they, it happens in marriages, and sometimes I get it, but marriages dissolve. They've been married for twelve years. I get it, Drew, but I don't want to hear that my husband's cheating on me first from Sham Sharania. Oh, definitely, you know? definitely. I don't want to hear that. And I also think that the Boston Celtics should be held accountable for this too. This isn't all Ime. Right. This- who else who else needs to get suspended for keeping it under wraps for uh, Yes. And but I guess maybe they protect themselves by saying that's when they started the investigation. Look, you should so maybe done- the protection is the investigators the investigation started after they found out. And that's how they protect themselves from suspending other people that knew about it or were involved in some capacity about keeping it under wraps. What I read was that once it came out that she was getting unwanted comments is when they dove deep into it and did the full investigation. Right. This look again, I'm it's, I I don't want to keep repeating myself in July, Brad Stevens should have brought everybody into the, into the, the, the oval office in Boston and said, look, you guys are walking or walking on thin ice right now. My suggestion is you guys break this off right now. Nothing good is going to come out of this, right? Obviously, nope. you're cheating on your wife. You're cheating on your husband if he's if she's married and whatnot. We don't this even is, know. We don't know. We don't even know. Don't know yeah. her. We're just yeah. going to talk about email. Like it's all email's fault. It takes two to tango. Mm-hmm. Again, don't know all the facts. So let's just leave it at that. Boston is in big trouble. 
Yes. Uh, it would be awesome if they can rise from the, the ashes and have a great season this year. But with all the talent that we're seeing right now, Drew, especially in the East, where teams have gotten better uh, and, and their talent is getting greater. Yeah. Boston is good. I don't know. Like you said, I don't think they're going to sniff the finals again. Let's go into uh, our main topic of last podcast was talking about Sarver. And I was adamant about, I thought the NBA uh, didn't do enough. I felt that it was a slap on the wrist and then, which it was, and I, it, immediately not necessarily after our podcast, but then finally, you know, LeBron came out, CP came out, everybody came out and said, you know, we, there's no place in the NBA for this guy. And, you know, I think it's Sarver. I think it's silver just played chess on all of us. Right. Because mm. look, I don't, I'm not going to be the bad guy here. What I'm going to do is yep. I'm going to put it out here that look, what he's doing is, is horrible. There's no place in basketball for it. We're going to find him $10 million. We're going to suspend him for a year, the same amount. So I guess racist comments and uh, misogynistic comments and derogatory comments towards women is the same thing that Ime Adoka did for a one-year suspension. I guess it warrants the same amount of, of suspension, but now nah, he's like, you know what? I'm going to bite both the bullet on this one for a couple of days. I'm going to send the dogs out. I'm going to let LeBron and Twitter and the rest of people push this man out. And it's exactly what he's doing now. Yep. He's going to get pushed up. The Suns are going to be out for sale. He's going to make God knows how much. Rebuild. I think he's going to get more. I think it's I know. So that more. that's the the number that keeps be, being circulated is three billion dollars for him. Oh, uh, for his is, cut for his thirty five percent. He's a thirty five percent majority. No, I don't owner. believe. I don't. I think the I think the valuation of the franchise is three billion. So he will get whatever cut of that that makes the most sense. But I do want to tip the cap to the minority owner that came out with, I, which mm. I do think was the biggest one crushed it. Yeah. I think that was the biggest deciding factor where he was like, I can't, I can't work with this individual. I can't be owning something with this person any longer knowing this stuff, which is interesting. It's like, how did you not know beforehand? But you know, again, you know, we don't know like how long have you been an owner? Like, you know, right. how long have you known Rob Sarver? Like, but anyway, I do, I really want to like commend that guy for coming out with that stance, because as much as LeBron's tweets and, and other people's comments on this would ha weighed heavily, I'm sure on Robert Sauver's decision to sell it's the, it's that really important piece where you have, he is only the majority owner, not the entire, he doesn't own the entirety of the franchise the way that Donald Sterling did, by mm -hmm. the way. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's a, that was a huge, huge step in the right direction uh, and hats off to that guy. Cause it, it it would have been an easy power play for that guy to go, uh, yeah, we don't want Sarver involved anymore, and I'm just going to be the majority owner now. He said his he, he he had his stance and said it and said, I don't actually want to take over full ownership. I don't want to be the majority owner in charge of the, of the Suns and the Mercury. I just want to stick with my stakehold that I have here, and I want this asshole gone. And you know what? It worked, Clips. It worked. But again... It's hard to say that this is a punishment other than, you know, you can't own an NBA team anymore, but whatever, you know, what 35% of 3 billion sounds pretty good. I think it goes for more. I do. I think just with the TV deal that's coming in, I think everything's going to get so freaking crazy money wise. Like, well, let's think about this though, Clips, because I think the Clippers were the, the largest sale of any organization in the NBA. I could be wrong on this. But I think 2.2 billion was the largest number for any NBA franchise paid by Steve Ballmer to to acquire the Clippers. Now, I, I 
outside of that, have we even seen ownership change hands since? It doesn't Palmer? happen, man. Oh, right. teams don't come up for sale often. Right. Uh, I don't know what a rod and his group got Minnesota for. Oh, there you because- go. Minnesota. But I don't think it was 2.2. Maybe it was somewhere in the twos, but I don't think it was, if it was above 2.2 billion, it wasn't much more above 2.2 million. I so think- I think, and that's for a, that's for a traditionally losing franchise, not a franchise that just made it to the finals two years ago. So that's the- a, that's a cold weather. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not a great location <laughs> basketball team. This Phoenix is a place to be man. And uh, I, I just think I think I'm looking ahead though, Drew. I'm looking at the money that's coming in, the billions that are coming of course. in from TV. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna play I, again, but it's not there yet. There's it's no. not there yet. So I, I agree. I think they should be able to to like kind of mark up the the value of the franchise. I mean, I was surprised to hear that the Suns were even in the realm of three billion dollars. You know what I mean? Like it's like Knicks and Lakers are five billy, right? And then it kind of tears down from there. That's what that's what the general. Um, uh, I think it was Forbes that comes out with those lists every year or two or whatever, mm-hmm. where they evaluate sports franchises. And it's, it's usually like Real Madrid and Barcelona are way up there. And then it's like Yankees, you know, Knicks, Lakers, Dallas Cowboys, like the big, you know, the big hitters uh, that are international uh, worldwide known franchises just from their logos, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes above 3 billion, but you're right. Whoever does buy it, they're going to get returned. So that's the crazy part. Even if they do buy it for three or three and a half billion dollars, it's only going to go up from there. So oh, it's a great investment. Yeah. If you've got, if you've got the three bill to put in and you know what, it'd be, it'd be really great to see one of these team. I mean, Phoenix is, it's going to be a heavy ticket, but to see some of these, I'd lo- I mean, clutch can clutch get in there. Is clutch going to make a, make a play for it. I do not like, all I'm seeing is Bezos. Bezos is going to get in on it. Can Bezos leave NBA basketball alone, please? You have everything. Stay in space, yeah. Bezos. Leave the basketball up to people that actually care about basketball. This guy just wants to be Johnny Cool Cat on I the know. corner and be like, I own, I own the Suns, too. I think the Bezos play is to wait for the Seattle organization, right? He's up. He's he's from he's from that area, right? Like that's where I think he owned. Does he still own the Seahawks? I don't even know if he's a part of the Sea. I don't know. I think he was. Part I don't owner. think he knows if he's a part of owning the Seahawks. <laughs> I do, but what I will say though is something that we have brought. I mean, Clutch is a good example of this, but like Fenway Sports Group is is also uh, the way for LeBron to get ownership right. in the Suns. Now I don't know how it works. For LeBron, he can't play. No, no, no. Not that he can or cannot play. I don't even know if he can if he can still be an owner of he an can. NBA team he while playing at all, while he being cannot. a player. I he don't cannot. think he can. Right. So maybe Fenway will also wait because you know they still want LeBron to be a part of this. But you know, there's there's certainly going to be suitors out there. Clips. While while not all of us have that kind of bread, there is you know a pretty decent sized circle of billionaires in the world these days. Uh, that will probably throw, you know, throw their hat in the ring for this. But uh, if it's Bezos or, or anybody, I'm just happy that Sarver's out of there, bro. I mean, honestly, like, obviously, from the from the the reporting, it was really important for him to get out of there, like the way that the culture was and how of a, how much of an ass he was. Uh, but more importantly, like for the Suns organization, this guy has handcuffed them to failure for so many fucking years, and and as we talked about on the last podcast, has kind of randomly gotten lucky mm. by hiring James Jones 
who has done a fantastic job managing the franchise and bringing in players, but has gotten very lucky and made a trip to the, to the finals. And everyone is like going to forget the, the previous 16 years where he didn't pay anyone any money, got shit teams and shit players in there all the time and didn't care about winning a championship. So for a basketball perspective, I'm also happy for the Suns and for the Suns fans. Yeah, it's good. And uh, it's, it's good for them. I think going back to what you said about the other uh, minority owner with what he said so eloquently in that email, it was written perfectly. That's the kind of guy we posted on our page. If you guys want to go back and look, yeah, that's the kind of guy you want in your front office. That's the kind of guy that's going to make sure everything is run properly and actually gives a shit about what's going on with their organization. So I got to give, Hats off to Adam Silver for taking it on the chin for two days and then just sitting back being like, I, I knew it. I knew this was going to happen. Yep. And also going back on what you're saying about like LeBron and clutch. I think Adam Silver might go back into the rule book and erase some shit and be like, you know what? It'd be really nice to empower these players. Look, man, if again, I keep bringing up TV deal. When some of these guys are making those 80 and $90 million a year, well, maybe not 90 million, but the eighties are going to come at some point, 75s, 80s. You put a group of 10 of those dudes together and you got a bill, yep. easy bill. Yep. You know, you could take Al Horford, can put a group together right now. <laughs> this guy's made a quarter of a billion dollars in his career. I know he's got five homies that could be like, all right, let's throw our hat in the ring. Well, I just, I, it's so apropos <laughs> because you did post the 12 highest earners I sure did on our page. And then what was that? Three days ago, you posted mm-hmm. the, the 12 highest earners in NBA history. Get all of them. Get Blake Horford. You only need, you only need like, like nine of them. You only need nine. And they, I mean, really they could do it. And it's funny too, though, because on this list, uh, Carmelo, Blake Griffin, Dwight Howard. And I mean, Kevin Love, Horford and John Wall all, were potentially like on the retirement side of things before John Wall's hiring and Kevin Love's resurgence and Horford's amazing year last. You could they could have done it, and with just even with Blake, um, Blake Griffin, uh, uh, Carmelo Anthony, and and Dwight Howard, you're at 750 mil right there, just with their career. That's but that's career earnings, so they probably don't have that liquid. But you know we're 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 in the we're in a ballpark here where I would not be surprised. If uh, if, you know, some of these players that have invested their money, well, like Andre Iguodala, mm. for instance, who was on the tail end of his career, who is coming back for year well. 20. He's coming back for year 19. 20, year 19. 19. Mm. Uh, he's done very well for himself off the court. Right. His salaries on the court are not on the same level of those 12 guys that we rent that you posted about. But his earnings off the court are through the fucking roof. So if, if Iguodala, you know, uh, all of a sudden has a change of heart <laughs> about coming back to the Warriors. He could position himself potentially to be a part owner of the Suns. I think it'd be a great move for, I I would love to see. I wanted Kevin Garnett to be able to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves. I wanted that. I wanted that group. I thought his ties to the organization, what he did for that organization, he he would have done everything possible to help that organization win, right? And I think it's time. And we're going to see LeBron. I mean, look at the first two on that list. It's Braun and CP. Just them two right there is half a bill, just in career earnings, not 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 everything else that they have. Right. So it it would be really nice. And I think the players will be empowered moving forward in these next few years. I mean, LeBron will own a team in the next 10 years. I'll say that. 10 years, he will own a team. Most likely it'll be in Vegas. 
Uh, I don't think he'll be playing for that. LeBron team. already owns part of a soccer team, part right. of a hockey team, and part of a baseball team. <laughs> and these aren't amateur teams we're talking about here. These are right. all professional teams that he's already a part owner of. So it's just a matter of time. Uh, I do think something that keeps happening. I mean, we're we're kind of going a little bit on a tangent here, but the the revolving rumors around Las Vegas and Seattle as two uh, new franchises coming into the league expansion. I do think that's the that's probably the ticket that Fenway Sports Group and LeBron's team are waiting for. They want the Vegas one. It'll just be a cash cow because people come into Vegas all the time. You got all the gambling is there. Uh, the, the Las Vegas Knights are there. They have a, a WNBA franchise there. The Raiders are there now. Like it's just, it's. Uh, oh, you want one. that Vegas dough. You want yes. the Vegas dough. Absolutely. I'm, 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 and so <laughs> I, I don't think he's going to go for 35% of the Suns. My guess is he'll go for 100%. Like their team will go for 100% of the whatever Vegas name they come, the Rattlers or some shit. I don't know. The Vegas, the Vegas uh, crap shooters. What, 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 what do we got here? The Vegas the gamblers? Pole dancers? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know, man. There's, there's a lot of names that we could do it with, but. Um, I think that's my call. And then Bezos will own the, he'll, he'll take him in like, um, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say uh, Microsoft cat. Uh, who's our guy, Bill Gates, but he's given all his money away. He's given all his money away. His kids when ain't when getting shit. So it'll just be Bezos and maybe Elon Musk. Uh, maybe that, maybe well, Elon I don't want that. I don't know who I want less. I don't know if I want clutch sports to get a freaking team or I want Jeff Bezos to get a freaking team. <laughs> I want neither one of them. Call him the, uh, the Seattle Primes or some shit like that. Oh, I like that. That actually works. I the think Seattle, I think that works. Uh, arrows, the Seattle uh, Arrows maybe because they have that smiley arrow thing. I don't know. We we're workshopping it. Bezos, reach out to us when you do it. We'll we'll help you with the naming. Hey, let's workshop what's going on in Lakerville. So, if you couldn't This has been the summer of fuck yous to Russell Westbrook, okay? And we got one more fuck you coming to Russell Westbrook. This is insane. With, this is so I cannot believe that this is actually happening. That your front office I don't mean to, be, to say your – actually, I do. I do. Your front office, after Dennis Schroeder has a great, great run for Germany uh, this summer, yep. they decide to bring Dennis Schroeder back. And from what I heard, I heard that they called Russell and let Russell know, like, hey, man, just want to let you know we're signing Dennis too in case you really want to get out of here. <laughs> Here's one more shot for you not to show up to training camp. We're bringing in one more guard. Unreal. So, so now we have – Russell Westbrook, Pat yep. Bev, Dennis Schroeder, and then for back for his 37th time trying out for the team, Isaiah Thomas is yep. coming into camp. Another guard. I don't think he's going to make the squad and whatnot. But now we have these three guards. So before Kendrick, we – We also have Kendrick Nunn and Austin Reeves to play the position as well. And, and Scotty been, Pippen Jr. I, I think he's going to be back and forth from, from – I don't think he's going to touch the floor very much, Scott. Right. But, but that I mean, he's on the roster right now. I'm looking at the roster, and we, we still have him on, on the – Well, I think preseason – I think he'll be in the preseason roster to get some burn, but I don't think he's going to – Clips, we only have 12 people on our team. <laughs> you still, this is what's so funny. So before we get it, I want your take on bringing Dennis Schroeder back, okay, which if anybody remembers what happened in the playoffs last time he was a Laker – that was just a disaster. But really quick, start bench cut right now. Pat Bev, Dennis Schroeder, Russell Westbrook. You have to try to win this season, Drew. Yeah. Start bench cut those three. Who you got? Pat Bev start. Ooh. Schroeder on the bench. You're cutting, cutting Russell. Yes. Man, I, I think you guys are going to really – I know, I know you're probably it's, saying – It is clips. better for him and it is better for us. I'm telling you this. 
you you have to appreciate that it's probably better that he ends up somewhere else, right? I think I think that if you guys are trying to win a championship this year, are you trying to win a chip this year? Is that the goal? Or I don't think guys- so. Based on what we're doing, I don't think that's the goal. I don't think so either. Okay. I don't think so for the first <laughs> it doesn't, time, it doesn't feel like we're trying to win a championship right now. No, because, and, and dude, this is from a lifetime of being on in the outfield, watching the Lakers make moves every season. And you've said it on the show numerous times. We're playing for a chip every single year. That's right? the expectation. That is the expectation. And with this, I just think this just looks like a, you know what? Braun's going to try to go for the scoring title. I'm going to get that. I'm going to be perfectly fine. I think you're doing every move to not have a shot at this championship. Yep. I think if you're trying to win drew, I, I, I think you got to have Russell Westbrook. I know Laker fans are probably like, fuck it. We don't want Russell anymore. But is Patrick Beverly better than Russell Westbrook for the Lakers? Is he? Is Dennis Schroeder better for the Lakers than Russell Westbrook? Honestly. Well, I'll just say this is this is not an easy question for me to answer because I was uh, probably equally disappointed in Dennis Schroeder's tenure with the Lakers as I have been with Russell Westbrook's. Schroeder was not good for us. He was He was great when there was all the stars were injured. Okay. LeBron's out. Anthony Davis is out. Great. Schroeder, do it. You got 40, you got 20, 27 points, nine assists. We lose by 12. Fantastic. He was amazing in those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as LeBron, <laughs> Anthony Davis came back on the court, he just like was pouty, uh, distant, uh, lacked any fire or any sort of caring. Uh, so it is, it, it's very strange that we have uh, decided to bring him back. So, so just to specifically talk about Schroeder, I don't understand the signing, not at all. The, the, my, when my brain starts you know, thinking about like, why would we bring him back? The only thing I can think of is we're trying to work together to build a package in the middle of the season that we can trade that includes Dennis Schroeder or that includes Russell Westbrook, right? Like we're just kind of trying to cover to make sure we have at least one or two point guards on our team for when that inevitable trade happens. So if if you're a Lakers fan out there and you're listening to this and you're going, well, it's too early to tell, like the team's not set, the league, you know, we're still got a, a couple months before the season starts, like let this let this breathe a little bit. That would be the the way that I think uh, logically you would have to think about it. You would have to think that what we're doing is we're creating a uh, a Schroeder plus a pick for somebody or we're creating a Russell Westbrook plus two picks for somebody that's not a point guard. You know what I mean? Like, and what I continue to hear uh, in regards to, to, and regarding like the, the Lakers trade talks for Russell Westbrook is that Indiana was, we, we were, we were close there clips. We were like last week we were close and the Lakers still for whatever fucking reason, will they not love those picks. two fucking draft picks. They won't. My God, they won't I don't understand. This makes no sense. I- we're bringing in people that we that we're saying we need to win now. We re-sign LeBron, but we won't give up twenty-seven and twenty-nine draft picks that never fucking matter mm-hmm. in the Lakers organization. Never fucking matter. Every single player that we drafted in the first round clips is aren't gone. on the team. Yeah, they're they gone. gone. They're all stars somewhere else. They're all gone. Okay, <laughs> so I don't. Un- this part is where I, if you're a positive Lakers fan or you think these are good moves. I would love for you to share with me your thoughts. Like if you're, if, and I want not you clips, but you know, audience members out there, you know, hit us up <laughs> at clips and drew on the IG clips and drew at gmail.com. Tell me 
give me a positive spin on this. And, and, and I will be very open to those opinions and those thoughts, but I will counter them with logical thought process because it just makes zero sense. None of the things match up. None of the things make sense. Schroeder shit the bed for us at the end of his uh, end of his tenure and and turned he obviously he turned down 80 million dollars right that was like the whole controversy is he turned down the extension and then got 2.3 million dollars from the celtics then got traded because he was shit on the celtics two clips like this is the thing like nothing about schroeder is proven that he will help a franchise get into the playoffs and win a playoff series and win a championship zero things so i don't we're, we're working backwards here. The only, only, only silver lining is that I'm hoping like Schroeder and Russ and one or two picks gets us a trade that involves two or three teams to make us uh, a, a, like a viable package, like Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, right? I just, I go to sleep thinking about Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. I wake up thinking about Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. So I don't think it's going to happen because I think it would have happened by now, right? And then so, like, let's just say the Lakers were, like, assuming that the Indiana trade would go through. They, they signed Schroeder because they go, cool, Russ is on his way out. So we need a backup point guard or starting point guard if someone gets injured. That, to me, makes sense. But it didn't happen. <laughs> and now we have five fucking point guards and, like, three wing players total. So I don't – I this is not a winning team, no. Yeah, I don't – I was just as confused as you were when, when we both read that. I, I texted you immediately – I think the price point for Schroeder is there, all right? Yeah. If you can get a point guard for 2.8, I'm with it, right? I'll just say, yeah, I'm going to let you go here, but that point is is a very valid point. For the price that we're getting him at, he's worth it. It right. just makes no sense logistically on the well, team. And it makes no sense for Dennis Schroeder. And again, I don't like to count any other man's pockets ever, okay? But 2.8 in L.A., is not 2.8. This dude's going to be playing for the Lakers for literally 600k and it's all when it's all said and done when you get like your your home and taxes are done and agents paid all that like I think he could have gotten more money somewhere else. Anyways, the price point for Dennis Schroeder was on. The price point for Patrick Beverly is a good 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 piece. You could mm-hmm. argue that that was a little high though because we gave up, you well, know, Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson, but yes, sure. And Minnesota had already paid him. You know what I mean? So I think the the thing that's confusing to me, and if I was a Laker fan, is – and what what I want you to envision is you're in the war room. It's Palinka. It's Jeannie. It's Kurt and what Lisa Rambis, whatever the hell her name is. I think it's Linda. Linda, Linda, yeah. And the four of them are just sitting there. You know what? (laughs) And you're like, all and right. And Phil, Phil's, Phil's in the mix again. Phil's advising too. He's on he's, Zoom. He's, he's on from Zoom. Y- he's Zoom from Wyoming. And they're like, this is this is this is how it's played out, Drew. It's like, all right, well, Indiana's got Miles and Buddy Heel on the table. All we need to give them is the two picks and Russell. And our Russell issue is done with. We're losing our two picks that aren't going to matter anyways. This is depressing me. I, I know, but let me set the stage, right? And then so Phil's on Zoom, Linda. And Jeannie and Rob are there. They're like, you know what? No, we need these picks, right? Here's an idea. Linda Rambis hops in. You know what? Another point guard. That's <laughs> what we need. Okay. You look at the whole roster. They're like, no, 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 no. The new way the NBA is going is we need five point guards who all can't shoot. Every one of them can't shoot. <sighs> okay. I, I just think these coveted, these coveted, uh, 
draft picks that for some reason the Lakers will not get rid of. You could have had Buddy. You've been talking about Buddy for three fucking years, Lakers. The Kuzma deal. It's the Kuzma deal all over again. <laughs> it's Buddy healed for Trez and, and Kuz, and, and we're in. We're good. We're, and we're so much better, even with Russell Westbrook. I mean, I get it. The Russell Westbrook deal doesn't happen because Kuz went for it. But, uh, yeah, man. It would be it would be it would be really frustrating. And then you mentioned again the guy that we never talk about because he didn't play one game last year. Like they Kendrick have, they, yes, they've put Nunn's been getting paid. I've been seeing now. I finally get to see videos of Kendrick five million dollars a year. Five million. All right. I think the package that they, they, people would rather have a younger Kendrick Nunn who we haven't seen play in two years. He had a nice little run in Miami and whatnot. That's how we got his payday. But look, you still after three years after six years of doing this show you still haven't got shooters that you you so desperately begging for i've been begging for it that's all you've been saying we traded away our shooters well you do have armani brooks coming into practice or coming into training camp that guy can't he can't make a roster he can't hold a roster spot because he's just so flimsy everywhere else on the court i know but i've just heard i've heard nothing but the dude this guy's yeah he's a laser he's a laser beam like he's just he's one of the greatest shooters that we have in the league I know but he can't hold a roster spot because he cannot do anything else. And he's too well, small. He can't play defense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, dude, we, so I, I'll back up, right. We had Wayne Ellington, right? Yeah. Awesome. That's the, that's the shooter that we, that we've signed in the six years, well, six years, KCP, Wayne Ellington. KCP. And that's it. So I think the point that I'm making is like Armani Brooks is like Wayne Ellington, a younger version of Wayne. Right. And Wayne Ellington has had a fantastic career. I mean, I, you know, uh, all things considered. And if you, if you look at his career versus the career of Armani Brooks, mm. Wayne Ellington held a roster spot for fucking 13 seasons. Right. He, he went to North Carolina, had a great career in college, came mm. to the NBA, worked his ass off, became a very solid role player and one of the most efficient three-point shooters during the time that he was in the, that he's been in the league. He's still a free agent, so maybe he'll end up on the Lakers again, I don't know. But it failed last year. Why? Because he can't do anything else on the court. And he was also not his efficient three-point self because he's like 37 or whatever he is now. But maybe 35. I, I don't want to age you, Wayne. I apologize if I aged you there. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I, there's been one thing that I've asked for on this show repeatedly, uh, as you just said. I've been begging for it. And it's a, it's a fucking three-point shooter, a competent three-point shooter. And – and I'd like to bring this up too. And I don't want this to be a Lakers uh, diss session because we're about to talk about the Clippers here in a second. But camp opens in three days, dude. Yep. Camp opens in three days. And yep. you, like you said, there's 12 players on your roster. If Scottie Pippen Jr. Six of them are point guards. <laughs> six of them are point guards. <laughs> two of them, two of them hate each other. Yeah. Six of them are point guards. It's unreal. And LeBron's working out with Breakley with Breakley in New York, you know. I, I don't and know. I, look, training camp is in three days. You've done nothing this off season but fumble the bag on potential. Look, let's get in. Let's just do it really quick. The other, the other uh, silver lining was be like, ah, oh, man. Well, the Lakers can probably get Bogdanovich, right? Utah, <laughs> Utah's cleaning house. That would get number one on my list right there. That's all you wanted. And guess what? That was the guy. I mean, if we're we're not going to get Buddy and we're not going to get Miles Turner, we should get Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich would have been a great pickup. For fucking Kelly Olenek. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Okay. He goes to Detroit for Kelly Olenek. That's what I'm saying, Drew. The due diligence that isn't being done in the front office. Get the deal done. Okay. Unless you're really trying to tank. Maybe they are trying to get on the tank for Wimbo. Now, look, you still have 
Anthony Davis and LeBron freaking James, right? I get that. We can't get on the tank for Wembo clips. We don't have a draft pick this year. That's true. You got none of that. I want to, so with, with Bogdanovich going to Detroit though, I, and look, you know, I'm heavy. I'm high on Detroit. I thought this was talk about being proactive in off seasons. I, Lakers need to poach whoever's running the, the, the piston. I never thought I would say this now that Dumars is gone. Mm-hmm. We need to poach whoever's running the, the fucking pistons. That's how Dude, we do it. Let me go through their squad really quick. Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Sadiq Bay, Marvin Bagley III, Isaiah Stewart, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, Killian Hayes, Nerlens Noel, Jalen Duran, Alec Burks, my guy, Joseph Diallo, and Kevin Knox. That's solid, an NBA team. That's an that's NBA a, team. Right? From top to bottom. They're a lot of different team. positions in there, not just point guards in there. Right. Right. Not just they look great. Guards. I'm very excited for Detroit. I, I think this is, a, this is a huge, a huge windfall for Detroit. They crushed the draft. They did so good this offseason. Such a savvy move. Kelly Olenek would have fit in nicely there. I think he, I think he was fitting in nicely in he Detroit. Was. He, he was having problems staying healthy and staying on the court. Uh, but for them to, to, to give Kelly Olenek away and get Bogdanovich in return, a guy who is a proven 20 point per game scorer at, at 6'8. Unreal, unbelievable. They, they have a very nice team right now, right? <laughs> and that's Dan, and that's Danny Ainge just being like, you know what? We are in full tank for Wimbo. Like whatever you want, yep. whatever you you want, Bog. That's why I think you could have got Lakers. How do we not get them for a draft for a draft pick? One draft somebody. pick. Well, this is the point that I'm making. Two clips is like, wh- why did we stop at Patrick Beverly? Right? Like, so this is this is the the cost of Patrick Beverly is involved here. Right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna give Stanley Johnson. We're gonna give Tht away for Patrick Beverly. Why Why are we not including something else to get Bogdanovich, to get a, a guy that would round us off so perfectly, mm-hmm. even with the shit, like even if we didn't have to give up Russell Westbrook, like let's get that guy in the mix. He would, and we a, didn't. He's a bona fide hooper that will give you 18 to 20 a night, no matter what, who can knock down a three-point shot. You fumbled the bag on and that. And he can play defense. He's yes. not a bad defender either. Like he's yes. not a great defender, but he's fine. He's stout. He's strong. He's reliable. I mean, he's been injured the last couple of seasons a little bit, but he's pretty reliable. I, I mean, I, shit, he's more reliable than Anthony Davis is. <laughs> I I hate I hate saying it, Drew, because I don't want to I don't want to make it sound like you know, a lot of people always say, Well, if I was the GM of the team, I would, you know, I'd do such a much better job. I there's there are times, especially with the Lakers, I think you and I could have done a really a much better job at facilitating Bro. some basketball players, right? I know it's a difficult job. Yeah. I know there's a lot of in and outs and then whatnot. The numbers, all the numbers are different and the rules and all that shit. We don't but know. When it comes know. down to brass tacks, Drew, yeah. when it comes down to a draft pick for a player, okay, would you say yes or no, right? Yes, we need Boyan Bogdanovich. We need a shooter. We need a guy that can put up. Somebody can score when we're in, when LeBron's out and AD's out. We need somebody that's going to get buckets. Can we make this happen? Eh, well, we, we covet this draft pick a little too much and it's not worth it. To so, me, let, let me let me just state the case uh, to just fucking just to, to, to do it. Why the Lakers are holding on to these draft picks. The reasoning behind that is because we assume at that point, LeBron will no longer be on the team. That is the major reason for this. Uh, we're assuming that there is going to be uh, a, like a bit of a vacuum and we want to see what happens during those years so that we can potentially draft somebody that's good and bring them on or use those picks to uh, make a trade at that time to bring in our another, uh, like whatever star comes our way. But you don't extend somebody like LeBron James 
and then covet four and six years out draft picks. You don't do it. It's backwards. It's backwards business. And this is the hardest part for me, Clips, is I have, I have uh, on this podcast and just in my life been a pretty big defender of Genie Bus. Okay. And a lot of this falls on Palinka, but really, you know, we know where the buck stops, right? It stops with her. Uh, and maybe with, with Kurt Rambis and, uh, and Linda Rambis, mm. but it, it, it stops with her. And, and a lot of people over the years have been really, <laughs> I, I, I would say, uh, tough on Jeannie Buss. We were in a, uh, a fucking hurricane when her brother was in charge. So to me, it was an improvement, right? When we went from uh, her brother running the show to, to, to her running the show, it, w- it got better. Okay. She knows more about just, I think business. <laughs> and, well, and she and cares, she cares about the really cares and yes. she's, and she's, and she's smart, right? I think she's a smart, per- like a smart woman. Uh, but I don't think she has what her father had, which is uh, the ability to bring in people that really know what the fuck they're doing. You know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you, you, you're, you're supposed to be the one in charge. You don't have to know how many points per game Scottie Pippen Jr. averaged at Vanderbilt or how many games he played. You don't need to know that as the owner. You need people in your organization that you trust to make those trigger pulls when you need to. And right now we don't have them. So if it's Palinka's fault, if it's Jeannie Buss's fault, right now I think I have to start blaming her. And I've been, I've been holding off on that because I, I have been defending her, but it's at this point, like what, where else can we go clips? Where else can we go with this? And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there will be some people that are going like, man, is Drew actually a Laker fan? When you're hearing me say this, I think my stance shows that I'm a Laker fan because I care. <laughs> I care very deeply about this team and I want to see them move in the right direction and everything thus far after our champ, as soon as we won a championship, everything went straight into the fucking shitter. And there's, there's no other argument other than just look back. It was not that long ago in the bubble where we won the bubble championship. And now, uh, dude, I, I literally, I think we're going to be in, like, we're going to be hopeful to break into the play-in again this year. I think we're going to be struggling to break into the top 10 seeds in the West. And that's just, that's unfathomable for a team that won a championship three seasons ago. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree. Um, it's going to be interesting, though, man. Damn, it's going to be interesting. This whole season, and we got a few more days till training camp opens, and I, I want to say something really quick. I've been, I guess, relatively quiet about the Clippers. I mean, I've been very positive and whatnot. Quiet. Um, I, I've been very quiet about it, and I wa- that's one of the things I want to bring up. Did of you course. fucking see Kathai Leonard? Did you I mean, see him? It's Bro, Terminator again. Remember, I, we, we used to call him Terminator. Didn't wasn't uh, his nickname Terminator at one point or something like that? Yeah, because he's a robot. Look, robot, man, right? Yeah. I, look, Kawhi has always been a felt, ripped, uh, like dude. Very lean. Yes, I, yes. I this this guy is. A he looks tank. like a defensive end. He looks. He looks, looks like he could rush the passer right now. I just kept watching that video over and over, and I'm like, who's gonna body this guy? Who and normally, like your standard is LeBron or Giannis, right? Like. LeBron, Giannis, probably too strong. And LeBron never guys. does it because he knows he has to. He has to conserve his energy. Look, look, guys. Kawhi is going to be a problem. All right. If we, if he gets, I mean, the Clippers are going to be a problem. And Zach Lowe came out 
finally because the Clippers have been like radar. Everybody's been saying, yeah, Clippers are going to be good. Clippers are going to be good. Zach Lowe, like myself, put it put it on notice. This is this is it. This is the time. There is not a better time for the Clippers to win a chip right now. This is the first time we're coming into Kawhi and Paul George are coming into a full healthy team. Right. We look happy. John Wall. That's the one thing I noticed, man. So, you know, everybody was posting the John Wall 360 in 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 practice, which is very impressive. Right. It's impressive. All right. It's impressive. But I was looking deeper than that. And I'm looking at. I'm looking at, you know, I'm, I'm big on like, are guys crying? Are they having a good time? How are they re- reacting to their yeah. teammates? Look, man, John Wall looks joyful. And basketball is fun at the end of the day. And we see it with like Luca. We see it with Giannis sometimes where people are just really happy that they're playing basketball. And I haven't seen that from John Wall in a long time. And if you read what he wrote on the Players' Tribune, I mean, man, I got chills saying it. It's deep. I mean, this yeah. guy lost everything. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to talk about, oh, John Wall isn't the player he used to be. Man, this guy went through the trenches with losing, you know, with the Achilles tear. They said they ha- were close to amputating his foot. It was that bad. This reminds me a lot of the Paul George that I bring up sporadically on here where, you know, with the USA team when he broke yep. his leg and it was yep. the most tragic, most gruesome. They won't even show it anymore on YouTube. No, it, it was like Theismann. It was like the yes. Joe Theismann. yes. And, but everybody that's, wants that's, it's that that epic of a historical injury and to come back and to be the player that Paul George is. And now we're seeing it with John Wall. Look, he just looks extremely happy. He looks like he wants to be there. I think it's going to be a great season for him. But I'm also very conscious about how important this season is for us. All right. It is. We cannot fuck this up. And obviously you can't you cannot uh, factor in injuries and what's going to happen. You, you can't do this for every team. But this is why I am, and most of Clipper Nation, are ten toes deep in winning a championship this year. We're coached right. Everybody looks happy to be there, except for Luke. Again, Luke's posting pictures like he's at some foreign beach again. Like, why aren't you in training camp? Everybody are you telling me there's in- a chance that Luke Kennard might come to the dark side and go to the Lakers here? No, no, no. Can we, we get our shooter? To- are we going to get our shooter? No, it's not going to be Luke. Unless oh, my you God, to- Luke. Purple and gold. Let's go, Luke. Uh, we 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 are expecting a lot out of Luke Kennard. Um, <laughs> look, I'm just really really excited about this. Clippers have a we have a preseason game coming up here in, uh, in next next week, a week from today. Yeah, today's the 23rd. It's seven days from today. Uh, we have a we have a preseason game. I'm excited to see what these guys got to do. But I also want to bring something up. This was going to be my final thought, but it's not. Um, when you look at our full roster, we're deep. We're deep everywhere. We're deep in the wings. We're deep in the guards. We're obviously our one uh, soft spot is our center position with Zub. We got our boy Moses Brown, who's going to, you know, he's seven two. They really like this guy. And then we got Diabate, the rookie we brought in, who I think is going to be seeing a lot of the G League. He reminds me a lot of DeAndre, though, like super athletic, n- very raw. You know, mm. we don't need much. Okay. We need rebounding, effort, energy, yep. effort. Mark Jackson in the back of my head. Can't wait to hear you <laughs> say it. Energy and effort. But. <laughs> You know, man, I, I, I think there's – I've been ripping on the Lakers for bringing people back. You know, they were bringing Ariza back for the second time, bringing, D, you know, Dwight Howard back, bringing Schroeder back. Are you calling uh, for what I think you're calling for right now? I – well, who do you think I'm calling for? Blake. No. Well, no. I brought I brought that up earlier in the year. I thought it would be great. I, I'm fine if they want to bring Blake back. Because that would be a nice small ball center kind I, of thing. 
I think, I, I think the, burn, I the, the bridge the bridge should be burned. If I was Blake, I wouldn't go back. But, no, but he, he doesn't have a home right now. Look, I think the bridges can also build be rebuilt. And I think uh, we are not stubborn enough. I think <clears throat> Balmer was adamant about saying that he handled the situation wrong. There was issues there with Doc, obviously. It was a whole different team. We got this whole new squad in there. We wouldn't need much from Blake. <clears throat> the fans would absolutely love it to have him back. I, I, I said that prior, but I think the guy we should bring back or give him a look is Boogie. Oh, I do. I think, I think Boogie that's a great does, call. I think, look, <laughs> you get him on call, a veteran I, men. That, I think, that's a very good call. I saw him working out the other day. A lot of other people did too. It was on his social. He looks lean. He's looking lean. Yeah. Looks I, I look. And then you got to bring in the John wall factor, right? John Wall, Boogie Cousins, I think it, the link at Kentucky, I think it would be a really good look. And Boogie was good for us. He was yeah. good for us in limited time. He still wasn't physically there. He had a couple of those games, though, where, look, it's, lo- it's low risk, high reward. Once again, John Wall was low risk, high reward with him. And, and Boogie can be low risk, high reward, bringing him in. I think being the vet, um, teaching these young bucks, Moses Brown and, and Diabate, again, the ropes, Having a solid six ten guy that's gonna pound knows his role. You know he also can spread the the floor for us too. He likes to shoot the three, uh, likes, likes to pa- pound the paint, be in the box. He likes to get dirty, get his hands. You know likes likes mud on the shoes if, if per se. I think it'd be a good look, and I think we should give him a look. What do you think? I think that's a great call. I yeah. think he'll definitely give you more, more than than what you could expect from uh, Moses Brown. Mm-hmm. I think I think Cousins will do a, a, a immediately do a better job. Moses Brown has potential. Uh, he's been on a lot of teams uh, in his very short career. Moses has, but he also has like gobbled up like twenty three rebounds in a couple different locations. Uh, but I think that you you're you're absolutely correct. the The weak spot is the center position for the Clippers. It's not very weak because Ivica Zupac has done a fantastic job. He's continuing to get better. He's a great free throw shooter. I think he's in the right spots. He's a big body. Gotten better you, every year. Gotten better. You don't, every yeah, year. you don't need him. You don't need him to do any more. But you do need more depth because mm-hmm. he can't play all forty eight minutes. Uh, and so I think you know uh, a Blake Griffin return or a Boogie Cousins return makes a lot of sense for the Clippers. Somebody that I I, I kind of was thinking that you would end up with was Cody Zeller, who recently mm-hmm. I think signed with the Utah Jazz. Uh, just like in the same sense, like big body, seven footer can can still dunk and, and run the floor and block shots. But, you know, just just plays his role, plays his position pretty well. Uh, but, you know, he's he's now on Utah. So that that, that kind of uh, obviously he's off the table. Uh, but I do think there there probably is there probably is a path for DeMarcus Cousins, you know, and, and maybe it's not in, in, in the beginning of the season. Maybe it's not, you know, maybe he's not checking in. Uh, for for the preseason or the camps or anything like that, but maybe come you know November or December, and Moses Brown isn't isn't really cutting it, and Demarcus is still out there. I think that's you know more likely that'll probably be the way that it goes if if he does rejoin. But uh, I would absolutely get him get him in get him into yeah. camp. Why not? Like let's see what he's got. Let's I think see it's how one, it works. Yeah, I think that works. I just think that. Uh, I think it'd be a great look for him and, and John Wall to like be on the same team together. I think it would, I think it would work. I think Boogie gets a bad rap for how he acts on the court and he does. That's just part of what, you know, 
It's part of his shtick. It's what he does. But he's also calmed way down on that stuff. Yeah. Like it's he's not, you know, also because he's not playing as much, but <laughs> but he he has calmed down a little bit on that because I think he knows that he still wants to be in this NBA. And I think it is a little weird that he keeps getting pushed to the side, right? So there must be something. Right? Well, he was they, good like, for Denver too. He was good for Denver in the playoffs for Denver, last he's good year. For Milwaukee, he, right. like he's been good. I think at most like most places he's been to, even with the Clippers, I thought he was. I thought he was pretty good while he was with the Clippers. Uh, but there must be something, you know, like there, why he's not hanging on. Well, to, we don't to, to a franchise. We don't have any spots right now. I do. Right. I mean, I think after preseason and boogie wouldn't need to play in the preseason look going into this i know we needed a center blake had always been on my mind dwight howard was on my mind and boogie was yeah. on my mind i got dwight howard out once i saw that he's like heavy into wwe i don't need that if you <laughs> want to focus on wrestling i don't need if you're if your attention is not on basketball dwight i don't want to take the risk right and uh i think he i think dwight would provide exactly kind of what we're looking for a big body that can rebound and whatnot that's but another if, guy I, th- I thought he got scooped up I, he's oh. still a free agent huh yeah he's a there's a lot bro and and 70 percent of the free agents are on the lakers yeah They're, well yeah they were they were on the lakers right. last year yeah that's uh yeah yeah so i thought we should take a look at that i am i am beyond excited for this season i am beyond excited to um see what what our boys can do together i'm i'm stoked to see the joy and the happiness the camaraderie the chemistry that we have in camp right now and looking at Kawhi, this is a guy that didn't take obviously didn't take days off like the guy was in the weight room the whole time he is humongous i think he needs to lose like like 12 pounds that's immediately what we were saying too clips so, i mean even before the kathai leonard uh post it's like holy shit! Like, can he still shoot the ball? Like, is I mean, is he just is, is he? He looks like Saqu- the backboard when he-, he looks like Saquon Leonard right now. Like, that's exactly what he looks like. <laughs> so, but I, I'm excited for these guys, Drew. I know we've taken up a lot of time. Give me your final thought. Uh, final thought. I don't know if you saw this clips. You probably did. You're all over the socials. But Drake recently mm-hmm. has been posting a lot of his runs, yeah. quote unquote, quote unquote runs, mm-hmm. if you can even call them that in his little uh, three-quarter court gym that he's got in his house up in Toronto. Uh, he hit 12 threes, I guess, uh, so to speak, in some capacity in this run. Uh, he needs to stop doing this. This is embarrassing. It's becoming embarrassing now. It's cool, like, you know, play you play your game. You can still post playing your game. But, like, if you're going to post, like, a highlight reel on social media of you playing basketball, I would highly suggest – as a man who's uh, Drake is like, I, I Googled it. He's 5'11". Uh, perhaps you might want a couple guys on the court that are taller than you to just make it look a little bit more difficult. Uh, but the, the fact that he is supposedly has one of his social media guys or one of his friends recording all of these and then putting them out in the form of a highlight tape, like he's some sort of 14-year-old phenom coming out of AAU and posting that he scored 12 threes in a game, what what score were you going to, by the way? Uh, I don't know any score that in a pickup run that would go for 12. That's that's 24 points in any 24 hour fitness. Uh, you know, what are you guys going? You guys playing to, to 31? I, don't, I mean, everyone plays to 11. Everyone plays to 13, 21. Anyway, the math doesn't add up. And then the last thing is, is like not only were these people on the court with him all under six foot and probably all under 5'11". Half of them look like they were like 14, 15 years old, maybe a bunch of white guys running around and like, uh, you know, 
just just weird like skating skater outfit. I don't understand, and I just think he needs to stop. I think I think it's cool that he loves to play basketball. I think it's amazing that he has a basketball court in his house. I am very jealous of the setup oh, yeah. that he has, but to uh, put it out there as some sort of athletic accomplishment uh, is is really really poor decision making on Drake's behalf. So I would love to, for that to stop. He can still keep posting the videos of him, you know, balling out, quote unquote, balling out. Uh, but maybe some context uh, or some competition, a level of competition would be good before you come out and say, I scored, I shot and made 12 threes in a game like your Clay fucking Thompson. That didn't happen. I'm not here for that. So I'm sorry, Drake. I really like, I, I like Drake. I think he does good stuff. I think he's funny. I think he's, he seems like a great guy, but this is a miss. I think a really big miss, a swing and a miss from Drake and his PR people. Okay. So a couple things. One, one thing I feel personally attacked. Okay. I feel like you're personally attacking me right now because I am the, the original highlight reel maker. Okay. I had this conversation. I got my boy, uh, Lopez, Lopez designs was working on a new logo, uh, for a little thing I got coming up here. And I brought up the fact that like, I was the first one to do like legit my own highlight tapes. All right. That's how I got a following. Um, my shit was dope. I did it to really cool music. Go ahead. I know Drew wants to say There's something. a difference. Yours is yours is a there's a difference between yours and what Drake is doing, though. I you totally used to agree. you used to make people fall over and yeah. you used to do like crazy uh, you know, move like handle stuff. It's it yours was an actual like a highlight thing. And yes, potentially you might have done it against uh people that are not, you know, NBA pros or whatever. But you weren't out there saying that you <laughs> that you they had like a triple double in 24 hour fitness. Like, that's, no, I, I never think that's the thing that I'm he's like, he's trying to give his stats out clips. <laughs> no, I know that. OK, so I'm with you on that. And I would never like I would never do a stat sheet like in one of my videos. That <laughs> exactly. I did. So uh, I would never say, well, I would never say that. And that's just yes. dumb. The thing that's the reason why I feel attacked. And again, I don't want to be this is boomer clips, but I've had these conversations before I used to get. People used to be make fun of me, dude. I mean, yeah. a lot of people understood and dug what I did because I I loved making the videos and I was really good. I'm still I'm still good, and I was doing things that people weren't doing. And now those same people, every single basketball page you go to, it's highlight tapes of people at 24 Hour Fitness or at the gym or in a Drake run that are posting their quote highlight tapes, right? And mind you, my shit had to be dope because when I started, it was 15 second clips that you could do That's on right. Instagram. It had to be quick, man. You had to pick the music right. You had to edit right. So I'm with you on the Drake. I had 12 threes in a game. Another thing to, to, to go off something you said, you know, what, what, what score are they playing to? They're playing to whatever, when Drake says the game's over. Exactly. When at his gym they're playing you know they're playing to when drake says you know what i'm tired the game goes until drake hits 12 threes right that's that that was that's how the game ends it's like right. oh drake's got 11 we got to keep going until he hits his 12th three that's, right. uh, so, that's the end of the game so i'm with you on that like look dude every media outlet and maybe it's because there's nothing going on but like i had to watch those stupid highlights every single time everybody zero had defense them. as well like zero defense I, I think this is the thing like with your videos too people were trying to guard you like this was people were actually trying to play defense on you to the right. best of their abilities, at least. Right. This is there's no defense. Like nobody's jumping to block Drake's shot. No, nobody's coming over screens. Back. He's just be... roaming around out there like he's Trey Young at Oklahoma. Like nobody's touching him, man. 
It's I, hilarious. I, I will give him this. I, I, I know he loves basketball. And I think and he's I'm, going to. I do. I love that too. I love that he loves basketball. And I, I do. And I think he wants to be a basketball player. I do. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think he wants to do the J. Cole route. Look, this too. If you're Drake and you have that dope ass court, you should be the best basketball playing rapper around. 100%. And I think, you know, all the runs I see at his gym, I think he has a league in that gym because everybody has jerseys, like OVO jerseys and whatnot. Like, yeah, I think I, there was like a three on three thing that he did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. But like, can the NBA season just start? Cause I don't want to watch Drake highlights anymore. I'm over it. Uh, his, his jumper looks better now as for, I think he was working with lethal shooter too. Like this guy's bringing in all the heavy hitters. His jumper looks better. It's still a little, his, his wrist is a little, you know, not where I would like it. His left hand's a little on it. Like, you know, I happen to be, uh, I don't, I, you know, I don't promote this. I happen to be a very good th- shooter. Like that's you are. my, my dad has trained me. My dad was a very good jump shooter. And you are. I am a very good shooter. I I can break down a shot like I'm C Mike Dunn in a heartbeat, bro. And I know if Mike Dunn was here with me and we dissected Drake's uh, jumper, there would definitely be a few problems. And and mostly it's it's on his release where he where he brings the ball up is in the middle of his chest. His release is a little too heavy on the left and his right hand is a little slow on the wrist. And it's like an inside out wrist action. doesn't matter. I don't need to break it down because it's useless. But uh, to your point, it's OK. It's gotten better and he can hit an open three. He can hit an open three with nobody defending him, which is cool. Hey, Champagne Poppy, if you want to work on that jumper, holler at the boy Drew. Um, I do. I'll dial him out. Man, Lethal Shooter right. knows what he's doing too. I'm not trying to say Lethal Shooter doesn't know what he's doing in any no. capacity. That dude knows what he's doing. So he's getting help from the best, but it could be better. My final thought has nothing to do with basketball. I think it's about time to bring up, uh, uh, you know, what I'm watching because the season's coming. I've been putting, you know, watching all the dumb stuff, finishing. Yeah. You know, I went through Game of Thrones again. Uh, House of Dragons is great. Yep. Stoked. That got a little weird. Got a it's little getting, weird. It, with the- It's weird. It's weird. It's getting real weird. I yeah, think yeah. They're, they're pushing the, the envelope a little bit with this. Uh, but look, 1991, Jeffrey Dahmer was the, the biggest fucking story uh, in the news. Jeffrey Dahmer, yeah. serial killer. Netflix just came out with his movie. It's a 10-part series. It's not a oh, documentary. Wow. The dude that plays Jeffrey Dahmer, Drew, is so spot on. And this show is so effed up, bro. Oh. I lost. I couldn't even. I was, you know, started started it. Episode one, eating dinner. Had to get rid of dinner. Dinner's over. <laughs> Dinner. Dinner's over. So it's really the dude that's playing Jeffrey Dahmer is phenomenal. And most of this story is from Jeffrey Dahmer's father. Like, there's a lot of they wanted to kind of nip it in, you know, like nip it in the ass, like where this started, like where all like, of yeah, this. Right. How did he, how did he become like this? Right. And a lot of serial killers like have moms and dads and like, what do moms and dads <laughs> think about this? Right. Everyone's got a mom and dad, you know, in some level. It, it's just extremely interesting. If you feel like watching it, you should. I mean, I grew up during that time and I couldn't even fathom what this dude was doing, but the guy that's playing, that's playing Jeffrey Dahmer is so spot on. And it made me think last night, Drew, because, you know, I keep a very, very tidy household. Okay, Mm. Like it's it's weirdly tidy. Right. Mm -hmm. And I this weekend I actually was decluttering, getting if you think I could actually have clutter in my place. Yeah. yeah. Decluttered a lot of stuff. And as I was going to bed last night, I'm like, I looked 
I looked at my place and I'm like, you know what? If I was a dude or a chick walking into my place, the first thing I would think is like, yo, this guy's got to be a serial killer. Because there's <laughs> th- this place, this is it. Seriously, dude. The way that, I mean, my t- I, I even said to myself, like, I might need to mess up the place a little bit. Because this, <laughs> this is a little weird right like and i've had girls say that when they come over like wow this is like way too clean why is it so clean in here why are you so clean why are your shirts folded like that why is the like it's just weird so anyways uh that's what i'm watching right now i'm i'm a little scared to start atlanta i know the the Mm. the final season is out i have started atlanta's final season is it any better than the last one yes okay is there music or do they actually talk about like uh, the the main characters or what? Uh, the, we're not getting a whole lot of Paperboy songs coming okay. out of this season thus far, but I do think it's off to a uh, better start than than the last. Last season was pretty abstract. Yeah, I'll just, Black I'll Mirror, Black that. Mirror, Atlanta. That's what I was calling it. I mean, the last episode of season three where that woman just becomes a French person and that? like completely forgets like that she has a daughter. Uh, yeah. I anyway. Uh, I thought season three was was well done, but it was it was definitely well done in the like in that kind of realm where we're going like we're border borderlining on like a, a think piece versus it being like a you know a thirty minute like kind of funny show because I I really enjoy the jokes that they were able to get get going in in season one and season two and a cool perspective about building up you know a rapper's career from from you know different uh, viewpoints and. Uh, so anyway, uh, there, I, I think I've watched the first two or three. I don't know if there's three out. I, I know I'm, I'm caught up on Atlanta and I'm, I'm pretty happy. It's still, you know, there's still some, some of the black mirror stuff is in there, like where it's a little like, Whoa, what's happening. Uh, but at least thus far, I'm enjoying it more than I, <laughs> than I did season three. I'm going to start it tonight. I got the final episode of Dahmer. I already know what happens. He dies in jail, but I want to, I want to see what else happens. So anyways, if you have a strong stomach and you want to, you want to watch a uh, kind of dark, uh, dark shit on Netflix. Watch the watch. It's dark, dude. You know I like dark too. You do. There was that one cannibal show that you liked, where the guy would like kill kill the people, and then he would eat them, and he would serve them to people. Remember that oh, one? That's that Hannibal. That was Hannibal. Hannibal. That was called Hannibal. There you oh, go. Boy, that that <laughs> based on based on a cannibal. Yeah, based on yeah, right. Hannibal know, Lecter, bro, right, You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go see a shrink. Maybe I need yeah. to see a shrink. <laughs> My um, wife knows some people if you need it. She's you know, a let me talk to you. I'll get on Zoom with Casey coming up. All right. <laughs> we've gone way too far off. Next time when we come back, we're going to have a preseason game for you. Where your training camp's going to be open. Uh, we're going to probably go through a couple teams that we need to, that we haven't discussed. Uh, it's definitely not going to be the Lakers, and it's probably not going to be the Clippers because there's no need for us to do that right now. But we will have some preseason games under our belt. Training camp will be open. Clips and Drew is here for the duration of season six for us, man. And we're coming full Force. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, and we're ghosts. You know what it is?